0: Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 165, The Magic of Egypt. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. And I'm in Egypt. Yes, I had hoped to be on the upper deck of the boat that we're on, sailing down the Nile. But things don't always work out as you thought. First of all, we're still in dock. Secondly, the Wi-Fi is not working. So we take our chances as they are, and hence, here I am. I've been in Egypt now over a week and loving it. I've returned after 40 years, and yes, lots has changed in that time. And there is so much magic here that I am just starting to explore. I also get a sense of what this feels like to live on a mainly desert land, because there is only 10% of this land that is still fertile. 90% is desert, sand and it's occupied by 2% of the population, the Bedouins. So 98% of the people live on this narrow place that is fertile near the the Nile. And I imagine what this must have been like thousands of years ago, maybe 8,000 years ago, because we knew then that it wasn't desert. It was very rich soil and things have dried up. Things change as we know in our own world. And you can see the people trying to scramble to get them best out of the piece of land they still have. What's going to happen? I don't know. But certainly desert is desert. And if you haven't got water, you cannot grow anything. And it really shows us just how vitally important water is. And from everything else that we are doing, it is our water supply that we will be most essential to us in the end but let's go back to what I've been discovering. I'm here with Megalithomania group run by Hugh Newman, who's a great guy, a great speaker. And he's showing us how there is really a very ancient part of Egypt, even before the dynasties, the pre-dynastic groups, the the energy of this area. As I say, it was very fertile about 8,000 years ago. And so this land has been settled by, you know, many different civilizations over time. And what we see in the temples are really relatively recent, maybe about 3,500 years old, but there is something much more ancient here. And you see it in various places. I think that the pyramids were a miracle And we visited the the Great Pyramids, the Three Pyramids, in the Giza Plateau. And you see that this was a plateau. This is um, a highland looking down over Cairo. I had not appreciated that when I visited before. And in John Burke's work that I spoke about last time, Seeds of Knowledge, he talks about how the highest levels of energy are where there is a a plateau or peninsula or an island where almost the energy is forced together, concentrated in one area. And it's very clear that these pyramids were built for this purpose in this place. And there's a lot of talk that the Great Pyramid was an energy generator, was never a place of, of a funeral. And they have shown that when they've opened up and sarcophagus and another pyramid, they all were standing around waiting for the big, yeah, who's inside the sarcophagus? And it was empty. And I think that the understanding, even though uh, some people like to think that these were built for a king or for a pharaoh, really they weren't. Again, my sense is that just because you find a body there doesn't mean that was the reason why something was built. And that the chambers in the Great Pyramid and in the others, were very much uh, designed mathematically, geometrically, to be able to resonate, to be able to bring sound, to be able to increase the energy, the electrical energy in, in the whole pyramid as such. They use granite inside, granite taken from Aswan, long way away, but granite is a great conductor of energy, it builds energy. And then they put limestone on the outside so that it would contain the energy. And this must have looked wonderful when it was all white. You only saw these white buildings. That's all now been taken away or has eroded. So we have a lot of magic in these wonderful pyramids. And as I was looking at the pyramid and feeling into it, I was sensing this spiralling energy. And that spiralling energy seemed to be going up and down above the pyramid beneath it and not just going in one direction. And as I was watching, it's almost as if the bricks themselves, the stones themselves, were breathing as the spiral moved. There was an in-breath and then an out-breath, an in-breath, an out-breath, a slow breath here. And it felt the stones were held in place by this breath. And I was fascinated to be sensitive to that. And as I watched and as I listened, uh, our wonderful stone worker said, yes, we there is a core of energy or a core of stones that was in place first of all, and then everything was built around it. And it's kind of reinforced my sense that this was very much a an energy field around which the stones were resonating and collecting around it. So there's a lot to be learnt from these stones, a lot to be learnt from the pyramids. When we went to the second pyramid, my sense was of a serpent energy, and I asked our guide, well, why were there cobras? Because many times you see a pharaoh with a cobra uh, head coming into the third eye, and this was a sense I got there was something about this eye of the cobra. And he told me, which I didn't know, that the cobra does not have eyelids, and so even though it has a membrane over its eye, It is seen as the all-seeing eye, and of course that's similar in other traditions is God who sees it all, and I sense this second pyramid had a lot to do with this all-seeing eye, the ability to see in all directions. So when we're looking at these energies, I love to be able to go to a place almost without listening to what someone tells me it's all about, and really feel into a sight, and you can do that anywhere in the world. I think it's really important if you do live near any sacred sites or anything that that moves It is an elemental energy, a, a waterfall, a river, a lake, to be able to sense into the energy and see what its purpose is, what its journey is. Be part of that water, be part of that rock, be part of that tree. The highlight of the trip, however, for me has been my meeting with Sekhmet the lion goddess who is ancient, probably goes back to the age of Leo, some 11,000 years ago, about the same time that the Sphinx was built. And what I really feel about Sekhmet, she is one of the great crones, along with Kali and Lilith. And her energy is not negative, even though she's seen as the goddess of fire, of destruction. She's just doing crone-like things. We have the virgin that gives birth, the mother that nurtures and the crone who destroys in order for new birth to appear. Very similar to what we see in the moon cycles. A waxing moon, a waning moon, a dark moon. So here I had heard how important this is in the temple of Karnak to be able to gain access to her beautiful statue, a black statue hidden away in a room at the very back. And I was given permission to have the key to open the padlock. And the lovely guardian of the temple allowed me in. And I was able to kneel before beautiful Sekmet. I could feel the energy of her presence in that room. And those around me felt it as well. It wasn't just me. And as I knelt before her. I felt a welcome. felt as if my heart was bursting open when she was like, welcome, welcome, you are welcome back here. And I asked that she does what she does best, which is to clear anything from me that is not in harmony with my soul. And the crone's energy is so much that she will say, I love you so much, I will not let you be less than you are. It's time to clear, to come out from behind the masks because she has the all-seeing eye. She knows when we are hiding, when we're kidding ourselves, when we're making excuses. And so this is a relatively short podcast just because of the difficulties with Wi-Fi. But I'm just going to lead you in a meditation if you would like that. Well, let's go and meet Sekhmet and I will lead you into the way in which I saw the statue, saw her presence in this room. So if it's possible then to close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, short breath in, long out breath, come into your body. Settle yourself, emptying your mind, opening your heart. And now take your awareness to your heart. And through your heart, see yourself in a passageway, an outdoor passageway that leads to a door, an old, old door. And this door you see has a padlock on it. And someone steps forward, the guardian of Sekhmet, priest or priestess that's been taking care of her. They offer you the key and you accept the key and you enter the key into the lock and the door opens for you and immediately you feel her presence, her welcoming presence, her powerful presence, her lion-like presence. Some ways you feel quite small because in the presence of this all-seeing, all-knowing being, it's quite easy to feel that you want to hide away. Yet she welcomes you in and asks you to kneel before her, not in subservience, but just in honour of her very presence. And as you do, you feel your mind clearing. It's like as if there are no questions because it's not important. You feel your heart opening. You feel the love from a being that loves you so much she will not let you be less than you are. she does any clearing that she may do from that place of love. You feel your very cells, your very DNA being cleansed, being cleared, realigned, little pieces being taken out, little thoughts that you no longer need just disappearing in a flash of light. You don't object because it just all feels so right. You ask that you should be shown who you are from her eyes. Feel her eyes entering yours. See yourself in her mirror. See yourself as you are. gratitude for her, allowing you to come close, present her with a gift, present her with something that is precious to you that you're ready to give to her in acknowledgement of her power and beauty and love. Time to leave her, to give thanks, to thank the guardian and to leave that place shutting the door behind you, giving back the key and gently to make your way back along that outer passageway back into your heart, back into the room where you are. And in your own time to open your eyes. Know that all is well. And until next time, I look forward to meeting you again, sharing some more of my adventures with you. Until then, take care, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. You share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.